Praise God. Once again, welcome everybody. Amen. We appreciate you. If you're a visitor today, you're here for the first time. We're glad that you're here this morning. Amen. Can we just welcome any of our visitors today? Come on. Let's, let's let them know we're glad they're here. Come on. Hallelujah. We appreciate you. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. I know some of you are like, oh, man, pastor's preaching this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Usually, honestly, usually, the week leading up to camp meeting is so busy, and there's just, just a lot, and it was this week the same, nothing different. Amen. But uh, And so we usually uh, just uh, don't uh, plan to minister on the Sunday morning. Amen. But the Lord uh, spoke to my heart, amen, this year uh, to minister today. Amen. So I'm just going to give you what the Lord has given me, amen, to uh, just to kick off this uh, this camp meeting, amen, I'm telling you that, uh, and I don't say this lightly, and I know that it's easy said, it's easy posted on Facebook, it's easy for us to, uh, for things uh, uh, to roll off of our tongue, but I do believe and sincerely believe, amen, because of where we are in uh, our times and where we are in the season uh, not only in the world, but in the spirit, I believe that God has some supernatural things, whether we see them with our own eyes at the moment or whether uh, they we begin to see them uh, unfold, amen, and move after the fact. But I believe that there are some supernatural things that uh, God uh, is has planned and that he is doing, amen, and not just that we're moving into, uh, amen, the fall feast. And uh, that in itself is uh, always, God always sets everything when uh, for the, the appointed times that he set in his word. But uh, not only just because of that, but I just feel, amen, praise God. And so I'm excited about what God is going to do. And I want you to go with us to the book of Joel, chapter 2. Amen. And we're going to begin with verse 23. And we're just going to read that three verses there, 23 through 25. Amen. And I, uh, I am challenging, uh, amen, praise God, each and every one of us to, uh, to hear the Lord today. Amen. And uh, be sensitive. Amen. Beginning this morning and then uh, what God has throughout the rest of the week. Amen. Because I know that God is uh, amen, is already ahead of us. So uh, I'm going to do my best to, amen, to move through this as quickly as possible. We have a lot to do this afternoon, get back here, and I know you do as well, amen, but uh, nothing supersedes what the Lord has to say to his people, amen, praise God. And so uh, we want to be sensitive uh, to the voice of the Lord and to what heaven wants, amen. Is that all right with everybody today? Hallelujah, praise God, amen, amen. Amen. Verse 23, Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Everybody that's able to stand, please stand. If you've got a Bible, amen. Let's go there. Everybody got it? Say amen. It says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and will cause, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil, and I will restore to you. Hallelujah. He didn't say to the church. But he said to the reader, 
to the one that's listening, to the one that is paying attention, to the one that is hearing. I will restore to you. You see, so many times we, we just throw everything that the whole church, amen, as we see it, is going to receive. But, amen, the Bible says that I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. I want to read those three verses, amen, from, uh, from the complete Jewish Bible. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in Adonai your God, for he has given you the right amount of rain in the fall. He makes the rain come down for you. You get that? For you. You have a connection to whether the rain falls or not. He will make the rain fall for you, the fall and spring rains. This is what he does first. Then the floors will be full of grain and the vats overflow with wine and olive oil. I will restore to you the years that the locusts ate, the grasshoppers, the shearer worms, and cutter worms, my great army, that I sent against you. Hallelujah. If you're new here, what we do now is we, amen, blast the shofar and we give the Lord praise for his word. Amen. So let's do that right now. Let's give the Lord praise for his word this morning. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's let, let's, let's let, first of all, let's let heaven know that we're out here. Second of all, let's let hell know the reason we're out here. Come on, somebody. Amen. Third, let's let the community, amen, and the atmosphere uh, know, amen, that it's God that is on the premises. Amen. It's not about us. It's not about our gifts. It's not about our singing. It's not about who's preaching, but it's about the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're simply going to minister on this thought, restoring the years. Amen. The theme of our camp meeting. Look at your neighbor and say, restoring the years. Let me say right here again that we love everybody. Amen. I love you today. I mean that. Praise God. And I want you to know, amen, sincerely, amen, that we love you today. Praise God. Real quickly and precisely, if I can, uh, just a quick overview of the context of Joel chapter 2. And I believe that it is important. You see, oftentimes, uh, amen, these scriptures are some of the most quoted scriptures probably down through the generations, amen, and the scriptures that follow after that as well, amen, are uh, probably some of the most quoted scriptures, especially in the charismatic or the Pentecostal church, amen. Some folks say, I'm not charismatic. If you believe in the gifts, you're charismatic. That's what charismatic is. It is believe, amen, in the operation of the gifts, and we do. Hallelujah, praise God. But a quick overview of the context of Joel chapter 2. It begins out, amen, Joel saying blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Now, can I tell you praise God. We're getting ready, amen on Friday evening at sundown to go into the feast of trumpets. Uh, amen. Yom Teruah in the Hebrew, the feast of trumpets when, amen, they begin to blast the trumpet and the trumpet is blasted every day. There's different sounds amen that the shofar makes the trumpet, hallelujah, but uh, knowing that the blowing of the trumpet is to get your attention, uh, amen, so I do believe that the Spirit of the Lord uh, is trying
trying to get our attention in this day and time that we are living. Amen. So uh, God is saying, pay attention here. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Uh, he said, let the people know that the day of the Lord is at hand. Can I tell you uh, unequivocally before I go any further that Jesus is still coming. Uh, amen. But he's coming sooner uh, than you and I can even imagine. Uh, the things that are happening, the things that have already happening, uh, amen, that have already happened are giving us an indication, uh, amen, that Jesus' return is very close. Uh, it is at hand, amen, just as quick as you can reach out and grab it, uh, amen, that's how close it is in the spirit, uh, amen. And so he's saying, uh, amen, get your attention, blow the trumpet, let the people know that the day of the Lord is at hand. Amen. Let everyone understand that my day is coming and it is closer than ever before. Joel chapter 1 spoke of judgment. Amen. It spoke of a day of judgment that had already come to Judah. And I want you to understand that was past tense. Joel chapter 1 was talking about a judgment that had already arrived in Judah upon God's people. It was a plague of locusts and it was a drought. And so they had experienced the plague of locusts and the drought a period of time with no rain. Amen. Can I tell you something? That when we are right with God, we want the day of the Lord to come. I said, when we are right with God, we want the day of the Lord to come. Why? Because we want him to show his strength because we know that we abide in him. Anybody under this tent abiding in Jesus? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Stay with me. I'm just laying this foundation. Amen. We want to show, amen, that, amen, his strength. We want others to know, hallelujah, that he is the awesome God. But when we aren't right with him, we dread that day of the Lord. When we don't know, amen, whether or not we are right in him, we dread that day. Amen. Why? Because he shows himself amen strong and his strength just may work against us. So if we're right, amen, we want that day to come because it will reveal his strength and his favor over those who abide in him but when we're not right with him we dread it because we realize that the strength that will be revealed in the day of the Lord will work against us I want to be right in my spirit are you with me today hallelujah and in Joel's day Judah was not right with God if you're in here today and you are not right with God can I tell you that today is your day of salvation salvation. The spirit of the Lord is in the atmosphere. Amen. You need him so I believe that you can receive him before you leave today if you're willing to give him your life. Hallelujah. And so Joel begins to describe Amen. this coming army. Amen. And this coming army was described in really an apocalyptic manner. Amen. It was pretty intense. Amen. That 
Job, or excuse me, Joel describing, uh, amen, this day of the Lord that was coming. Uh, Joel describing this army that was going to be coming upon Judah, amen, and there was going to be a lot of turmoil. There was going to be a lot of destruction. Uh, it was going to be a terrible time, uh, amen, praise the Lord. Uh, and verse 11 says in chapter 2, uh, it says that the Lord gives uh, his voice before his army, Amen. So we understand that Joel does not want Judah to forget that the army that's coming, their real power lies in the fact that God sent them. Hallelujah. That the real power behind that coming army, amen, is the fact that God went before them. Can I put that in hillbilly terms and say that God would allow it? God was going to give that army permission to bring judgment upon Judah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now listen. Amen. That army would be the instrument, amen, of his judgment unless Judah repents. Unless Judah would repent, this army was going to be the instrument of God's judgment against them. I want you to hear the word of the Lord today. Now, here's the thing. They had already been in a man, a plague and a drought. So the fact that Judah had already experienced a plague of locusts, a man and uh, had already been in a drought, a man, you would have thought that maybe maybe Joel would have encouraged them. Maybe Joel would have said, all right, folks, hang in there. It's going to be all right. This will pass. This is not going to last. The tough, if they hang in there, they will survive. Can I stop right here and say that we have been too quick? Amen. I believe, hallelujah, to just tell people everything will be all right. This will pass. But you see, Joel didn't give them those encouraging words. He said, you think that was bad? If you don't repent and if you don't get your house in order, you have not seen anything yet. I need somebody to help me. Hallelujah. He didn't say, oh, it's going to be okay. This won't last. Hallelujah. But he said, if you thought the plague of locusts and the drought was bad, you hang on because it's going to be worse if you don't repent. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise for mercy. Somebody give him another shout for grace. Come on, somebody help me in this place. Hallelujah. Then God begins to say, turn to me. Turn back to me and do it with fasting and weeping and mourning. Return unto me, God. God began to tell them. He said, rend your heart and not your garments. Because you see, why would God say that? Because it was a Jewish custom that when they were grieving, when they were sorrowful, when they were sorry, amen, they would rip off or take off, rip their garments, and it would be an outer display 
of their repentance. Hallelujah. But God said, I don't want the outward display. Can I talk to somebody today? Too many times we come up to the altar, we respond to the conviction of the Holy Ghost, but we're only sorry. We don't have a repentant heart. We're only sorry, so we just rend our garments, but we don't rend our hearts. God was saying, I'm done with the outward appearance that everything in your life is all right. I want to see a heart transformation. I need somebody to help me in this place. Are you still ready for God to do what he promised he would do? If you are, get ready. See, God said, I need sincere repentance. In the Hebrew, the word repentance is teshuvah. That's to turn to God, but as you're turning to God, turn away from sin. So you can't just turn to God and hold on to what a man took you away from him. When you turn to God, you got to turn away from the sin. Amen. You got a purpose that you're never going to go back to it. Complete surrender. I want all your heart. See, and he said it will be marked by action. Fasting and weeping. He said it will not only be the outward sign, but it will be marked by action. So whenever you step away from the altar of repentance, hallelujah, it's going to show in what you do and how you respond. Can I get somebody to help me? Somebody said, oh, I thought we were going to shout. We are. Hallelujah. You ought to be shouting. Only reason you wouldn't be is because your heart ain't right with Jesus. Come on, somebody. God's merciful and he's gracious. And the Bible says he's slow to anger. And he's willing to change his mind of that disaster. He's willing to change his mind about that judgment that was coming upon them. He said, this army will come and this army will invade you. And there will be terrible destruction. If you don't repent, hallelujah. So God already had his mind made up. He already had everything in order. He said, but if you repent, I will change my mind. Come on, somebody. Do you understand me? This is why I'm talking to you today. I'm not talking to the church as a whole. Amen. I'm talking to you because he said, I will restore unto you the years. He didn't say, I will restore to the church the years, but I will restore to you. Come on somebody because everybody in the church is not going to receive it. Amen. Come on somebody. I want you to get it. Hallelujah. Then verses 18 and 20. Amen. God promises to defend his people who repent against that army. Stay with me. I'm just giving you the context of what it's leading up to. I'm just laying a foundation. He said I will restore prosperity to a repentant people. That's the key. I will restore prosperity. He said, be glad and rejoice even before you see it. 
No one else has permission but God's people to give him praise for something that we have not already seen happen yet. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He said, be glad and rejoice even before you see it. Hallelujah. Because he said, here's the thing. If you repent, hallelujah, I will give you the right amount of fall rain. That's the former rain. I will give you the right amount of fall rain. In other words... You understand we've done a manna celebrated, praise God, the fall feast for many years. And you know that rain is a central theme of the Feast of Tabernacles. Why? Because they pray for the rain to come. It's a sign of God's favor. Why? Because it will make the harvest, hallelujah, be plentiful. It will supply what is needed to ensure in the coming months that they will not have to worry because you see when they saw the rainfall it's like taking a deep breath oh there it is everything's going to be alright come on somebody do you hear me hallelujah that's why they desired and they waited on Yom Kippur for the repentance and the forgiveness and the acceptance because if God accepted them now they can praise him for the rain that was yet to come and then when they see the rain they know they don't have to worry about tomorrow because everything will be taken care of that that's why you can praise him in advance. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He said, so I will give you the right amount of fall rain. In other words, uh, you won't need anything. It won't be any less and it won't be any more than what's necessary because I am a God that is more than enough. I am El Shaddai. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you understand? He said, then it will come in the spring. Hallelujah. That's the latter rain. So they go from the fall rain to the spring rain, believing and hoping and praying and thanking God. That's why when it snows over in Israel, hallelujah, when it begins to rain and snow in the winter months, they celebrate in the streets. They rejoice because it's a sign of God's favor. It's a sign that God said, I'm not giving up on you. My grace and my mercy is still there. So if you repent, ah, God, that's the key, that repentance. If you will turn to me and away from your sin, this will happen for you. He said, this is what he does first. And he said, that will cause the threshing floors and the wine vats to be full. Somebody say full. Not halfway. Not just almost, but full. That will cause the threshing floors and the wine vats to be full. That means there will be no need to try and worry about supply and to worry about provision because I will take care of it if you repent. Amen. See, listen to me. Repentance in its true form means change. In its true form, it means change. So let me put it like this. When you repent and you truly turn to God or return to him and you go away and you move away from your sin, when you're presented with the opportunity to commit the same sin, you decline. Thank you. I got three. 
God said, when you truly repent, and I'm not saying that you won't ever sin, hallelujah, but when your heart is truly after God, when that, amen, opportunity to commit that same sin comes upon you, you will not say, you will not just run into it, but you'll say, wait a minute, that's the old man. That's who I used to be. Jesus has changed my, come on somebody, would you hear me? That when you're given the opportunity to be and to sin, hallelujah, that same sin you decline. See, we're in the final five days of the 40 days of Elul or the days of repentance. No such thing as coincidence. Come on, somebody. Then the heavenly new year begins. The new year on God's calendar. That's enough to be excited about. Praise God. Amen. I'm glad that I don't have to, amen, keep up with this mess down here. But I'm living on heaven time. I'm living on glory time. Hallelujah. I'm going by God's timeline. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So, uh, amen, the heavenly new year is going to begin. I want us to look at the word year for just a minute. I'm going somewhere. You just stay with me. Touch your neighbor and say, hold on. The word year in the Hebrew is the word shana. And it means to repeat. As in cycles. So every year we have a repetition of seasons, of months, of weeks, of days, of hours, of minutes, of seconds. Amen? Nothing, nothing, nothing deep about that. Nothing complicated about that. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see the same cycles, the same seasons. Amen. Hallelujah. You see uh, all of that. Amen. But we know that the elements of each year don't always look identical to years past. This has been a tough year for me. It didn't look like, it doesn't look like 2022 did. Come on, are you with me? Hallelujah. But I'm still got to go through those cycles. I still have to go through, amen, the changing of the seasons and the days and the months. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So the word shana means to repeat. It's a repetition. Amen. But here's what you got to understand. At its core or its root, the word shana means change. So at the root of that, even though it means repeat, it means change. Or I can say it like this, metamorphosis. Now see, God never changes. I said God never changes. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? He's always in control. He's never indifferent. He's never aloof. He's never inconsistent. Amen. He's never unjust. Amen. He's never unrighteous. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. He never changes. But how many knows that as we grow and as we move and we go through repeated cycles, that if we have repented and if we are certain 
serving the Lord, there ought to be some metamorphosis that happens in us. Amen. So even though the elements of this year don't look like the elements of last year, who I am now ought to be different than who I was in 2022. Oh, come on, somebody help me in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. So it does not only mean repetition, but it means change. So you see, this will prompt. See, that's why repentance means change. And change means altered. (laughs) Can I put that in hillbilly terms? Evidence. Repentance means change, and change means there'll be evidence of the change. Come on now, there's a lot of things that affect. There's a lot of cause and effect for the way people act, for the way people respond. That's not what I'm preaching about today. Hallelujah, I can list you a lot of different things. Amen, spiritual, physical. Amen, your own choices. All of those things, things that cause you to do the things that you do. Things that you do that you can't control, but the source behind that. Amen, praise God. Are you understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking about that today. I want you to understand, hallelujah, that, amen, repent means change and change means altered amen or evidence amen that is going to prompt restoration of what was lost during our lapse of judgment so in all of those attempts and those mess ups and those mistakes and those wrongs amen and those failures that we did where we gave access to hell where we gave access to the flesh where we gave access to all that the enemy has destroyed come on somebody hallelujah amen we allow that we give the access and so out of all of those lapses of judgment Out of all of those lapses of truth, hallelujah, that is going to prompt restoration. So when God sees true repentance and God sees the evidence of change, that is going to initiate restoration. So don't think you're going to sit on your bottom and God's just going to come down and make everything right that was wrong and bless you and provide for you and you're not going to have to put forth any effort that's why it's not going to be a church wide but there's a remnant in the church that's rising up out of the ashes there's a remnant that said yes God I feel that conviction I'm truly turning and out of that that's who's going to get the restoration that's who's going to see oh somebody help me what Joel prophesied So you better not base it on your neighbor as Sister Christie said so well and don't judge your neighbor because restoration requires agreement. I'm just letting you get a hold of that for a minute. You got to agree with it and before it comes you got to repent. It ain't going to come without repentance. Come on, restoration is not going to come without repentance. Amen. And repentance is not going to, amen, uh, not bring change. It will bring a metamorphosis. 
Come on, somebody. Restoration is the birthing of some things and the burying of other things. So as God restores, there will be things birthed that was sown, but the enemy destroyed the fruit before it was ever able to come to complete fruition. But in restoration, there are some things, relationships, decisions, come on, that require being buried. So you have to agree to the will of God in the restoration. Because you see, our sincere repentance brings us divine protection and provision. Divine. Out of the ordinary. Shouldn't be. It's favor. And it's real. And it's in the covenant. And it belongs to those who are in covenant with him. And those who are in covenant with him. Are going to show it. Come on somebody. Do you hear me? So our sincere repentance will bring us divine protection and provision. So in the, even in the midst of peril. Right now. We're in perilous times. I hate to keep repeating myself. I've said it in the, in the building. I might as well say it out here under the tent. That I believe that we are in, we are, we are right now, right now, we are right now in this September. We are right now moving into some things that we're going to experience as God's people that I don't think we thought we would experience. There's going to be some troubled times. There's going to be some peril that is going to come. Amen. Praise God. And you have got to know who you are. You have got to be at a place that's come on somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. Because sincere repentance is going to bring divine protection and provision in the midst of this peril, in the midst of change, in the midst of trouble, a true remnant is going to shine. A true remnant is going to shine. See, here's our churchy problem. Most people think signs and wonders indicate revival. Signs and wonders are for those who are true followers of Jesus. Shall cast out devils in my name, heal the sick, and all of the things that he did. Amen. As a true follower of Jesus, those signs ought to follow us. Hey, come on, somebody. Do you hear me? But as soon as we see somebody, amen, casting out a devil or raising the dead or healing, it's like, oh, glory to God. That's true revival. That's true revival. Hallelujah. Praise God. But you would be surprised to find out that some of those who are casting out devils, some of those who are working under the influence have not a right heart with God. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm not here to, to judge or any of that. I'm just trying to help you understand. Because revival in the Hebrew, you say, oh, you're giving a lot of Hebrew today. That's all right. You'll be all right. I've given you the English with it. You'll go to heaven if you don't remember it. It has nothing to do with your salvation. Come on, somebody. The word revival in Hebrew is tekayenu. It means to bring back to life, to restore to consciousness. That's what revival is. 
not signs and wonders. Now, signs and wonders will be in the midst of life and consciousness. Come on, somebody. But it is not the indicator of revival. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. Revival is about restoration and not just signs and wonders. It's about restoration. He said, God will restore to you the years that the locusts has eaten. Can I tell you, the locusts didn't eat the years because you can't never get back time. The locusts didn't eat the years. God redeems time, but you can't get it back. The locusts didn't eat the years. They ate the fruit of the years or the harvest of the fields, amen, during the years. And so this is what's going to be restored back. Not the time, but all that was destroyed or lost in the time that has last. Amen. So unripened fruits, harvest fields, lost opportunities will be restored when God sees true repentance. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. The locusts didn't eat the years. They just ate what the years should have brought forth. You know, the rain and the latter rain and the cycles and all of the change and everything that should have been. All of that was missing. There was no rain, let alone the former rain and the latter rain. Hallelujah. So God said that God will restore to you the years. Hallelujah. The locusts ate the fruit of the years. Amen. They ate the harvest of the field. Amen. And that's what God's going to restore back. That's what I believe is coming right now. That's what I believe. God spoke to me out of the clear blue several weeks ago. It's been a tumultuous summer. Amen. A summer that I really don't want to remember, if I'm honest with you. It's been a really tough summer. So if I'm real, my mind had not even went. Amen. To camp meeting. Hallelujah. And I thought, God, what is it? Is there anything that you want to say? I thought, you know what? It's just going to be camp meeting. There don't have to be a theme. Amen. It's just going to be fall camp meeting. And the Lord spoke as plain as day to me. He said, it will be restoring the years. And I thought, we haven't even preached that. Is no what? What? Hallelujah. So you know what? So I told Haley, I said, that's what's got to be on the t-shirt. Restoring the years. Joel 2.25. Amen. That very familiar scripture. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So God has got something planned. Amen. I believe. Amen. I don't want to sound corny, but this is going to be a September to remember. It's going to be a summer to forget, but a September to remember. Now that doesn't mean that there's not going to be trouble. I believe we're on the verge of some things that we're going to be see devastation and we're going to see things that we never thought we would see but in the midst of it there's a remnant that has a repentant heart and in the midst of it God is going to begin to reveal his glory and out of all the trouble and the turmoil it's that remnant that's going to shine in the midst of the trouble I believe that you could sail. I'm crazy if you want, then said before. And you might be right. <laughs> might be a little truth in that. I'm going to shift and 
go a little different. I've kind of given you where they were at in the context and what God was saying and why he said, I will all of the things leading up to. But I've seen an excessive amount of grasshoppers. In now, this is, this is mating season for grasshoppers. Didn't know that. You just learned something. In between summer and fall is mating season for grasshoppers. But I have seen an extraordinary number of grasshoppers. And I'm telling the truth, Haley, I said to her last week, I said, man, I've seen a lot of grasshoppers. She said, me too. I said, seriously, every, I say everywhere I look, I've seen them. There was, there was one, the dude looked like the dude off Bud's Life hanging on the back of the door. I said, look how big that thing's head is. Look at the details on that thing. It looks just like, I don't know his name, but the, the, the dude on Bud's Life. I said, look, look, Merritt, it's him. It's off Bud's Life. I've seen him everywhere. Every time I turn around, amen, and I kept, we kept seeing him and still have. Hallelujah. And Haley said, amen, you think there's something to that? Amen. And I just kind of look at her, you know, and, and say, I don't know, possibility, but I'm telling you. Hallelujah. And I just kept seeing them, kept seeing them. She pulled up yesterday here, and we were here working, and she said, I've seen two more grasshoppers at the house, two more. I've seen an abundance. Anybody else seen a lot of them more than normal? I have. I know it's mating season, and they're going to be out. Amen. Old girls are bigger than boys. So that one that was hanging on the, amen, that was on the door was probably a female. Hallelujah. Praise God. She was big. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. But I've seen an excessive amount of grasshoppers. Amen. Praise God in the last couple of weeks and I thought is there some kind of meaning to that so you that know me know okay I'm gonna start I'm gonna start looking let's look at grasshoppers let's look at first of all when you read the complete Jewish and the real true translation you, you know I've always wondered why why in the King James Joel just lists all these different kind of locusts and then and I'm like a locust is a locust is a locust is a locust right why does Joel do that but then when you go in the Hebrew translation you see that he said I'm going to restore to you the swarming locust the grasshopper what the grasshopper has destroyed, what the, amen, the shearer worm has destroyed, what the canker worm has destroyed, amen, praise God. And so I got to looking, and the more vegetation that a grasshopper, amen, has will thrive. The more vegetation that is around, a grasshopper will thrive. Grasshoppers like to be solitary unless they're mating, amen. They like to be alone. They like to work alone. So as long as there's vegetation, they will remain solitary. Amen. Did you know that a locust is a grasshopper? A locust is a grasshopper, but a grasshopper is not a locust. A locust is a grasshopper, but a grasshopper is not a locust. It's a grasshopper that can become a locust. Just, just hang with me. Just, just, just humor me. This is, this is, this is, this is how the Lord, given the right environmental conditions, a grasshopper will metamorphosize into a locust. Change. Given the right environmental conditions, the grasshopper. 
will become a locust. There's about, if I remember right, if my brain remembers right, there's about 12,000 species of grasshoppers and only about 20 of locusts. So there's a lot of different species of grasshoppers. Did you know that if you touch a grasshopper, it produces serotonin? If you touch a grasshopper, if a grasshopper gets touched, especially on its legs, it produces serotonin. Now we know that serotonin is a natural chemical that the intestines and the brain produce. You say, what is he talking about? Hang with me. Hang with me. That Serotonin sends messages between the nerve cells that affect your mood, your emotion, and your digestion. Some of you need to fix it. Serotonin will cause a locust to become aggressive and to swarm. That's what will cause it. See, if we're walking in right obedience to God and we're in right relationship with him, we're going to produce something. There's going to be evidence. If we have repented, that's going to bring change. If we're changed, we're going to metamorphosize. If we've metamorphosized, we're going to be different. There's going to be proof that we have altered. There's going to be fruit and evidence of a changed heart. Are you with me? And so if you're walking in obedience and you're in a right relationship with God, then you're going to produce something that's going to have evidence that you are right with God. Can I tell you that the enemy or the grasshopper will always be present no matter where we are. So as long as we are pursuing the will of God, as long as we are doing and in a right relationship with God, we're going to produce, if I can say it like this, vegetation. So the grasshopper is going to seek out and look a man for something to nibble on. Are you with me? Can I tell you that locusts exist as solitary individuals and they actually have a strong dislike for mingling with other locusts. Amen. Now understand this. I'm going somewhere. Amen. They usually originate from barren regions. Amen. Remember a plague of locusts had come upon Judah but God said I'm going to restore what the locust hath eaten. Are you with me? Hallelujah. And they usually originate from barren regions. When rain comes, amen, it expands, amen, the amount and the quality of vegetation and it causes the locust to begin to breed. But as soon as the vegetation, amen, goes down and it becomes dry and there's only just a patch here and there of vegetation, amen, the locust will all go toward that one patch of a vegetation 
vegetation. Hallelujah. And so when that vegetation becomes sparse, all of those locusts will now, amen, go to that little bit of vegetation that's left. This forces them into close contact. As much as they don't like it, it forces them into close contact. What happens when a, a man, when a grasshopper and a locust, when they are touched, a man, when you touch their legs especially, it produces serotonin. So now get the picture. These locusts that like to be alone, that literally dislike mingling with other locusts are now all crowded together because they're all trying to get that vegetation that's left. Now what happens? They become crowded. Now there's a rapid change in their behavior. Now they become a swarm. Now they begin to get stronger. That serotonin causes them to become aggressive. Amen. They begin, hallelujah, to acquire different colors. It causes them to have large muscles to where they're equipped now for prolonged flights. So now they're flying together in a swarm. And what is it that locusts now are looking for? Hallelujah. They're looking for vegetation. They're looking for a harvest field. They're looking for something that they can eat and thrive on. I need somebody to help me in this place. Hallelujah. See, here's the thing. Amen. That swarming response is born out of desperation and it's born out of hunger. Because here's the thing. You know that serotonin lifts human beings out of depression. Amen. But it triggers a locust to swarm. When, you, when your serotonin, amen, is triggered, it takes you out of depression. It changes your mood. Come on, somebody. That's why people take uh, antidepressants. What they do is they trigger serotonin. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. You say, you've lost your mind. Amen. You're right. Hallelujah. And I don't want to find it. Can I tell you that serotonin is made from an amino acid called tryptophan. Amen. And it enters our body through what we eat it enters our body through our diet so it helps our body to regulate anxiety to experience happiness to heal wounds it stimulates nausea and it helps us sleep and have rest can I tell you what serotonin is for the child of God What, 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 what's your diet? Because, amen, that comes in. Serotonin comes in from what you eat. Amen. And it is produced in your digestive system and your brain. Come on, somebody. The word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Discerning the thoughts of the mind. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? So I I got to ask you, hallelujah, what are you eating? Amen. Because when you take this word, it'll relieve anxiety. 
when you really trust this word, it's going to bring you joy in the midst of trouble. When you really trust this word, it's going to heal what is hurting you. When you really take in this word, it's going to take brokenness and God's going to make it for your good. When you really take in this in your word as a child of God, you're going to have peace and you're going to have rest. Hallelujah. Your serotonin in the spirit is going to be high and you're not going to have to have artificial stimulation to have joy. You ain't going to need a cheerleading worship team to get you pumped up and excited. You ain't going to need the best evangelist to come and preach you happy. But even if you make your bed in hell, you know he's right there with you. That's your serotonin and that's what the locust is after. The locust is after. See what causes you to be free causes the locust to get hungry. Serotonin makes the locust aggressive and creates a hunger in him. In the humans, it suppresses their appetite. That's how folks lose weight on those artificial pills. Might as well be real. Mm. And so when we allow our lives to become dry, then the grasshopper or the enemy has nothing to counteract. So he metamorphosizes into a locust. Because all he's got is a little patch here and there. Come on, somebody. When you allow the cares and the troubles of this life and the things that the enemy does, when you let the enemy take what belongs to you. Bottom line, we let him have it. Bottom line, he takes it, he comes in. But bottom line, amen, we let him have it. Amen, and if we let him have it, then we got the right to take it back. If we allow, come on somebody, do you hear me? I'm trying to talk to you about restoring the years. Hallelujah. Because then, amen, those locusts begin to eat anything that we produce. Because once they crowd together and those demons cause you know fear brings depression depression brings anxiety anxiety brings suicide suicide brings addiction addiction brings witchcraft come on somebody do you understand witchcraft brings rebellion rebellion brings bitterness bitterness brings anger anger are you hearing me hallelujah brings unforgiveness unforgiveness brings resentment resentment brings destruction and that is the last thing and so some of you are sitting here today hallelujah and you say I don't understand why I get a little ways and then I lose it it's because the locust is eating up everything that you produce but you gotta turn away from what is causing the enemy to suck everything out of you that God says you can have I don't care what it is repent of it turn away from it this is the day of restoration God will give you back what the locust hath eaten yeah. 
he begins to eat anything that you produce. And so then they swarm. Come on, you're never going to get rid of the grasshopper. The enemy's never going to leave you alone. Come on, he's always going to be at you. Oh, hallelujah. But if you keep things, oh, glory to God. So he begins to eat anything that you produce. Because when you begin to get joy, and you begin to get peace, and you begin to get the word in your heart, if I can say it like this, your serotonin level is way up here. Come on, I'm not saying you ain't ever going to feel sad. You ain't ever going to feel things. Come on, somebody. There's nothing wrong with feeling things. It's what you let them do with you, amen, that makes the difference. Hallelujah. There's a time. There's a season for mourning. There's a season for laughing. There's a season. The Bible tells us that. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about in the, allowing the demons. Because then... Then them, those locusts, which which are which which are become demons, amen. Then they swarm together, and then they're just devouring every bit of vegetation that you have. But can I tell you that God is going to restore? Look at your neighbor and say, He's going to restore. But you got to agree with it. You got to be willing to let go of everything. Whatever it takes. Come on, somebody. Come on, we're talking about your life. Because about three weeks from now, there could be some devastating things that hit this world. And you'd be like, oh, pastor, pastor, help me. Come on, let it go, let it go, let it go. you got to know who you are. Amen. Restoration is not just going to come. It's not just going to show up at your door. It's going to have to have a reason to show up. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Do you understand? There are natural serotonin boosters. One is exposure to bright light. Some of you just need to get in the presence of God. Some of you just need to taste his glory. And you can't get it in the condition you're in now. Exercise is a natural booster of serotonin. Oh, I believe. Well, then exercise your faith. Give God a reason to blow your mind. Come on, give God a reason to trust you with his word. Come on, somebody. Exercise that faith. Amen. A little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. We all have the same measure. Amen. But we don't exercise that measure the same. Hallelujah. That's a natural booster for the word of God to come to pass in your life. A healthy diet. Why you spend so much time on Facebook and social media and TikTok. Amen. And time is ticking away. God's clock is TikTok, TikTok. TikTok, but you spend all your hours on the world's TikTok. Come on. And half of it ain't even so. Amen. A lot of it is invested. It's rooted in demonic. Come on, somebody. But we spend our time ingesting Instagram. Amen. Twitter or X, I guess it is now. That ought to scare the snot out of you. Amen. That they change it to X. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on. We're all guilty. Amen. Of putting in things other than the word of God. Or we'll take somebody's opinion. Or 
Well, get on internet church. Gets on my nerves. Internet church gets on my nerves because uh, anything and everything can call themselves a preacher and people because they have uh, no vegetation in their life. They're grabbing on to anything and everything that's being said. Uh, come on somebody. Hallelujah. Uh, you cannot uh, believe every word. You got to have a healthy diet. Uh, get the word of God. Uh, put it in yourself. Uh, and then the last thing that boosts it is meditation. Say that's witchcraft. No it ain't. Not if it's done God's way. It ain't. God created meditation. The devil just perverted it. God tells us to meditate on his word. That don't mean you sit and you channel in all this garbage and demonic, amen, spirits, amen. You take this word and that's what you meditate on. When the devil shows up at 3 o'clock in the morning, hallelujah, and tells you, you know what, I'm going to take you out. Hallelujah, you begin to meditate on that. You don't have to cross your arms, blink your eyes, twinkle your nose. You just begin to meditate for the Lord our God is great. He is my sword, my shield, and my buckler, and in him will I trust. I had a dream hallelujah last night I woke up about 245 hallelujah and I dreamed amen that we were in the church building and outside of the building there was people protesting they were they were claiming that we were we were teaching and we were saying things against people and against amen truth but you know what they were not affecting anything that was going on on the inside People would come into the church and they'd say there's people out there uh, protesting. Uh, I said, that's all right. Uh, it didn't affect anything uh, that's out there. Uh, and the enemy would like to make you think, uh, hallelujah, that he's going to stop you, uh, that he's going to prevent you, uh, that he's going to hinder you. Uh, but I say unto you today uh, that on this September the 10th, uh, 2023, uh, our God uh, is going to restore the years uh, that the locust hath eaten. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you hear me? He's going to give back what the caterpillar, the grasshopper. Oh, my God, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. If we will repent. A restoration for some is going to involve deliverance. From demons, it's going to involve healing. It's going to involve stepping into your calling. It's going to involve changing careers. It's going to involve dissolving some, uh, amen, unhealthy relationships. But you've got to be in agreement with what God wants to do. Because right after that, he said then after this... It shall come to pass. One of the most quoted ones. After repentance and restoration evidence, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you hear me? 
Hallelujah. That's only going to happen after restoration. Restoration is only going to happen after change. Change is only going to happen after repentance. Listen. Hallelujah. The cat, the grasshopper has to metamorphosize into that swarming locust. We do not have to allow the enemy, amen, to metamorphosize and eat what we produce because from this day forward, I mean this with everything in me. I'm not just saying it because it's the right thing to say. I ain't just preaching this today because it's the right thing to preach. When the Lord started laying that on my heart, I thought, they're going to think I'm nuts talking about serotonin and grasshoppers and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that for that reason, but I believe unequivocally that beginning today, this week, we are going to begin to see evidence of restoration because there's some people that are under this tent and you've already set your heart to say, God, whatever it takes, whatever it means, I will Then it'll come to pass. Then we'll see signs and wonders. And here's what I think. And it, my opinion holds no weight. God don't even care about my opinion. Come on. But here's what I feel. That as all this unfolds, whatever this is. I don't know what this is, but. It's some stuff. I really believe that. We better be ready. We better be prepared. But I believe that in the midst of all of this, as God restores, even in the midst of turmoil, Tribulation and trouble and peril as God restores, those signs and wonders are going to begin to speak to the world. The world's going to see that He is our God. They're going to say that God is moving with His people. Doesn't mean we're not going to encounter things. Say that. I didn't say that we're going to, it's going to be smooth sailing. We're not, to, we're not going to have to go through some things. I'm not saying that. I'm saying as we go through them, God has restored in the midst of that. We're going to see an awakening to consciousness. We're going to see some people come back to life. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you hear me? We're going to see some resurrection. We're going to see some people come out of their demonic stupors. Hey, man, but I didn't know what, what. I don't even know what happened. Don't even know what's going on. Don't even know what. Some of you said, I lost some years of my life, and I don't even remember. God will redeem those years, and he will restore what the locusts ate during those years. Years. Uh, come on, somebody, and the world's going to say God's moving with his people. I believe that even angels, there's a lot of angel worship going on. I ain't about all that. But I believe that angels are going to begin to visit. I believe. Remember, you say, well, I'm not sure about that. Remember when Jehoshaphat was facing the Moabites? 
We talked a little bit about it on Thursday night, talking about praise to raise. They begin to sing that song. What happened? The angels came and went before them and set ambushments for their enemy and defeated them. I believe, I believe that angels just might show up. Amen. In this time of restoration, there's going to be a revealing of who God is. Come on, somebody. Not who this ministry is and not who that pastor is and not who that preacher is and not who that evangelist is and not who that is or what is or that ministry or that church or that denomination or that organization, but it's going to reveal who God is. It's going to reveal who he is. Amen. It's going to wake up some sleeping Christians. There's going to be some sleeping Christians say, oh, wait a minute. I, I remember that. I remember hearing about that. And they're going to come to consciousness. Amen. Even people who are not on the side with other Christians are going to agree. <laughs> Somebody help me. They're going to begin to agree with the Christians. Remember what King Cyrus did? He came into agreement with God's people and he let them go from their captivity. Even people who aren't Christians are looking at the world today and they're saying that ain't right that don't feel right they're not even saved exposing the wokeness the devil thinks he created that there's some wokeness coming to the body of Christ there's going to be some sleeping Christians wake up amen the exposing. Now I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get technical. Go ahead, come to the music. But exposing the the amen the wokeness, exposing the deep state corruption, exposing the fake news agenda, exposing the doctrines of demons that's being taught in our schools and our colleges. Doctrines of demons exposing. Amen. Can I tell you something? God is going to restore the years if we'll truly repent and yield. Hallelujah. That locust has been stirred up. Hallelujah. Long enough. The more that you grow in the word, the more angry and hungry that locust gets. But he cannot touch what God has ordained. Can I tell you the rest Restoration is going to reveal signs and wonders among God's people, which is going to initiate revival and reveal His glory. Restoring the years. Now, now. You can, you can shout tonight. Or you can shout today. Because we cannot have restoration without a reason. God's just not going to do it for the sake of doing it. But it's going to happen for those who return to Him. Actions. What the locusts have eaten, the reason the locusts 
even grew, metamorphosized in your life is because your life, spiritual life, became dry and barren. So then they all had to gather in on what little sparse vegetation there was. And then when that's gone, what do they do? They go and swarm and they look. They look for harvest fields and crops. They will destroy. Restoring the years. I believe it today. You should stay with me across this place. Brother John can preach you happy tonight. Can I tell you something that won't last? If your heart's not right. This is what's going to boost your serotonin. This is what's going to suppress your appetite for the things of the flesh. This is what's going to take away the pain. If you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus, will come to me as I turn to him. If that's you today, I want you to come. I want to pray with you. Can you come to this altar and pray? Now's the time. If you, if, you, if, you, if you want to reap the things that God has in this camp meeting this week, now's the time to get your heart situated. choose this message today God did God did you may have lost your family you may have lost contact with sons daughters but I believe that God will restore that I believe that God will restore that but you've got to be in agreement with restoration Restoration requires agreement. Everyone come, go ahead and worship. Go ahead.
Come on. Come on, just lift your hands all across this tent. Come on, let's just lift our hands and, and surrender to the spirit of restoration. In the name of Jesus, I 
Rushanta da 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 da